Welcome to Under the Blanket, and your whole life has been leading up to this moment, so just settle into this moment. Just be here with us, and uh, just allow this podcast to do its thing, and allow your ear hearing it to do its thing, and if you're driving, allow the driving to do its thing. Or whatever it is, if you're just sitting in the bathtub with the phone dangling over the bathtub, and it's one of those phones that will kill you if it drops in the bathtub and you're just, like, playing with death while you stick your thumb up your ass, that's okay. The point is that it's all okay. And if you want to listen to my podcast while flirting with death in that particular erotic way, that's cool, baby, like, do it. You know, I'm not going to, who am I to sit there and judge you putting your thumb up your ass and flirting with death in the bathtub? Maybe that's the only thing that gets you off while you work at McDonald's seven days a week. And that's the only thing that takes you out of that. But, you know, there's a different way. And that is through not identifying with separation. So I have today with us on the show. He's been on the show before. Willie, author of Spiritual as Fuck. Yes, I said that cor- correctly. Uh, in fact, it, it does have the U, like, asterisk on some of the websites, because I, for some reason, there's still a problem with the word fuck. So say hello, Willie. Dude, what, hello. And what an amazing introduction. As always, I'm, I'm always very impressed with how you, you start us off there. Kudos to you. Uh, well... I, I, you know, I just sort of let it all happen because, you know, ultimately this is about being nobody special. So if yeah. I'm say, like Dylan, for example, he was kind of like he wrote amazing songs and it was special on that level as far as artistry and music and touching a generation. But when he wrote the actual songs, he got into a kind of state of nobody special and he just let it come through him. He was humble about it. I He wasn't even going to accept the Pulitzer or whatever the shit that what is that even about? Anyway, so uh, I, I'm going to start the show with a story. It's been my new uh, thing on the show, so it's just a little story uh, from Buddhism, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sound groovy? Cool. Yep, groovy. All right. So uh, this woman was crying, and she lost her son. Now, anyone can imagine that's the worst thing that anyone could deal with, right? Uh, probably the most terrible suffering a human could deal with. And she's just crying, and she's looking for the Buddha for help. She sees that the Buddha is peaceful. She gets that the Buddha has some sort of wisdom. So the Buddha says, go to every house in the area or village, you know, shelter things, and ask them if they've lost anything and they felt sad about it. And if they say yes, collect from them a bean or a grain of rice or something. So she went to all the local people and she asked them, did you lose someone? How did it make you feel? And it turns out every, she had this big bag full of rice or beans and all. And after all that was done, she awoke, she awakened to compassion and she saw that it's all our suffering. And because she awakened from beyond separation, that compassion comes with the unfathomable kind of un, like un just um, it's just this peace that like Jesus says peace that passes all understanding it's just this peace 
that you can't really explain intellectually. It's you feel, and you also get that it's all our suffering, and you feel that compassion. It's not the sense of a lot of people are into caring, um, and I don't put down caring. Human hearts care. But I find that caring, usually people mean they're uptight about something and they're hung up about something. So I figure that's a juicy topic, uh, story to start with. It's something everybody can relate with as human beings. So Willie, take it away. What's the spiritual as fuck slice of wisdom about that? Yeah, so that's it's a powerful story. And it, it seems to me, well, what I'm getting from it is uh, transformative a transformative theme, right? So a, a big part of being in the spiritual community, uh, whatever that means is, you know, you're working on your own shit and you're figuring out how to transmute some of the, the energy of, of something that's horrific or, or even just a negative mindset, a low vibration, low frequency that you might be stuck in and, and figuring out how to transmute that, um, into you know a higher plane or or whatever whatever your beliefs are um ultimately trans transmuting it into something that you can use and and help others with um so when i when i'm hearing you tell tell that story and i'm i'm picturing this woman going from house to house and not just collecting the beans but listening to to everyone's um you know what everyone's anecdote whatever they're telling her about the person that you know this bean represents and that that was like that was a pretty powerful imagery for me you know being in that moment and thinking that you know every person kind of opening up and and willing to speak about that with her to help her grief and and turn everything into a place of of you know compassion or um understanding is which to me they're they're kind of the same you know coming from a place of of understanding and saying, Hey, it's okay. You know, um, it's okay to think how you think, feel how you feel. You know, you're not alone in that. Um, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, keep going. You got another thing to add to that? No, no, no. I'm ready for you. All right. So, you know, I, I had this thought when I was thinking about this story where, what if, you know, like you got Buddha who who, who kind of has the first noble truth of life is suffering. There's also this other Buddha who realized the oneness uh, in a later time. I think it was about China or someplace like that. And uh, this Buddha was more like a laughing kind of Buddha. And it's the one that's pictured as the fat Buddha. And people think of that as Buddha, but there's so many different Buddhas in that uh tradition and um this buddha maybe he would approach it differently like we have all these different paths that lead up the mountain and they all lead to the same place at the top of the mountain where we see it's all one and it's we we get that uh in our core we kind of grok it and merge into it you could say but there's many paths different so maybe that buddha would offer a different path and he'd say like someone would come up to him uptight about something and he'd say Go to each house and collect a collect um you know a chocolate a chocolate a little piece of chocolate from everybody that has ever laughed and had a de- groovy day or a joyful day and um, danced 
you know, at one point in their life, they felt okay. They felt like it was enough. And that person would go to house to house hearing funny stories of this day when my son graduated or whatever it is. And, you know, that that would because, you, you know, I, yes, there is the suffering and it's all our suffering. But there's also all the joy. And there's people right now, Willie, in ecstasy. There's people right now on a mountain somewhere and they just feel so much peace. Or there's someone that just fell in love or there's birds chirping like that's part of it, too. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking about this, too. And like, you know, the greater theme here, too, whether you're asking someone to go house to house and collect stories of, you know, pain or suffering or laughter, um, just something about, you know, going from house to house and asking anything and just connecting and having genuine connection with with people who you wouldn't otherwise, um, especially, I guess, with COVID and everything. And I'm just really thinking about um, getting outside of myself, right? Like, you, I spent so much time, so I work from home, um, especially, you know, since COVID and everything happened and we had all the shutdowns. It's like, it's really easy for me to just be in my shit and focused on only my shit. Um, and what this story is really giving me, too, is kind of like a reminder that, you know, we, we are all one, but how am I going to f- remember that and re- truly feel that, right? Like intellectually, anyone can understand that concept, but how how do you actually feel that through your experiences and feel it in your heart? Um, and and that's what I'm I'm kind of getting this notion, like reminding myself to get outside of my own shit, get out and do some stuff for other people. So you know, this is a, a very helpful, very helpful story that you chose for us today. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. As far as that, you know, uh, there's community. I mean, it's a shame that COVID has affected all this kind of stuff, but it is important for many people on the path to find a community of beings becoming conscious. Now, the issue is we live in the modern age of ego, alienation, capitalism, materialism, phony gurus, and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, you go into a community and it seems fine at first. And the next thing you know, it's coming in the back room, you know, and you go in the back room and there's like carrots everywhere. And they're, they're just like piles of carrots. And there's these little like mutant rabbits that are half rabbit, half like little person. <laughs> and then their DNAs are combined and they're running around in circles on meth. And, they're, and, they're, and the person's saying, all right, now you get naked and sit on the floor and talk about pelicans. And then you're like, I just wanted to be part of this community. And now I'm sitting on the floor talking about pelicans surrounded by carrots and you're freaking out and you run out of there, you know? So I feel like you, there is a sense of a gift from COVID that I found uh, when I, when COVID hit, it forced, I, I, I was hanging out with people. I had lots of friends and so on and so forth. And even though I was single and I was dating, I had this date and that date. But uh, and then I had a few short relationships. So then when COVID hit, I it just I felt like it was a message to me as an individual soul. And I just cut everybody off. I just went into solitude. And for some people, like you're saying, that gets you into your own shit. For other people, it couldn't be just what they needed. What it did is it forced me to go the inner journey. Like you were talking about beliefs and, and things like that earlier. 
the inner journey where you go in and you not just believe in something, but you go in, you find it, you find whatever it is all about. You go back and back and back behind the senses, behind the thinking mind and quiet the mind and open the heart and find out what this is all about. And that, that brings up this issue that perhaps you can address the sense of readiness. Like for example, a person might be ready to go join a community or they might be ready to embrace solitude or maybe a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, a little bit of carrot stuff even, you know, so tackle that yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Well, life's full of polarity. Right. And so like you can't, you don't, you're not going to appreciate being, you know, alone and in solitude and the deep contemplation and, and kind of inner work that comes with that if you haven't had it before, right? Like you're only going to be able to appreciate that if you've kind of experienced the opposite. Because um, so I think that's a big part of it too, uh, just life or navigating this like spiritual journey. I think anyone who starts, when you get into like meditation, maybe yoga, some of those things, I think there is like this draw where you feel like, you know, you want to go to the cave um, and just and, and just meditate for hours every day, completely isolated. Like you think that's, I know I went through this where I like, is that thinking, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, is that what this really means? Is that the real way for me to um, obtain enlightenment and, you know, really, really be whatever the fuck it is I thought I was supposed to be by pursuing a spiritual journey? Um, but I think, to, you know, to get back to your point, I think that it's there's there's times for both. Right. Like it really just depends, you know, what's going on with you and, and, and where you're at. Um, and you probably did, it sounds like you really did need to kind of cut everyone off and, and take a break and recalibrate. But at that same time, like just, you know, being friends with you on social media and like following the stuff that you're doing, you're also, um, you know, you're, you're a herald, you know, you, 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 you're giving the message to everybody. Um, and so there is this like very extroverted component to what you're doing as well. Um, That's a good point. Um, there. That's a really, I like that you brought that up as far as my human, because he's, yay, he's talking about my human, you know, like, <laughs> I recognize that sort of ego stuff, I'm letting it go now. The thing is with that, is, um, you know, social media is a powerful tool at, for creating culture, for shaping culture, for uh, communication of ideas and memes and videos and art and poetry, it has such potential. Now, yes, there is that side of the pellet system and consumerism and collecting data that everybody hears about. And, of course, there's people that complain about it probably five times a day on social media about it. Yeah, <laughs> They have like five posts a day about how Facebook is bad on Facebook. Yeah. And about all it. You know, so anyway, I just feel there is a yang or yin to that or whatever where you can use social media consciously like what. I'm do doing is what I do is I don't identify with the doer. I just let it happen and I'm just allowing it and I'm being in that heart space and I connect with people intuitively. For example, um, I, at one point I was scrolling down a list of all these people I've never met in person. I have no idea. I've never even looked at their Facebook profile page and I just use my intuition to feel that this person needs me to reach out. I reach out, I send a little voice message of something beautiful, poetic, loving. I, and then that person ends up going, oh, you don't understand. I was praying for this. I needed to connect with someone. How did you, they always ask, how do you know? 
I know as much as anyone knows. I'm like a leaf on the tree. The leaf on the tree knows it all. But is the leaf on the tree sitting there and be like, I know that this person needs help and they're intellectual and they know that they know and they're da da da. No, they're just one with it all. So in that sense, I was I am one with that person on social media that was wanting someone to reach out to them, connect with someone on a, about spirituality, and I happened to randomly get into their message box and then we had a sort of student teacher thing, but without the whole separation trip where I'm the teacher and they're the student, you know, and I find there's so many ways social media can be used consciously and non-addictively and to liberate and to create culture and art. And I, where is that? Is that being talked about? Well, did you see that being talked about? Not really. Uh, you know, you and I kind of touched on this uh, in the past in one of the conversations that we had about, um, you know, what a gift social media is for us, at least uh, personally, but, you know, how it can definitely be a trap too for others. Um, and I think there is a lot of collaboration that I, that I think happens worldwide because of social media, people connecting that would not connect otherwise. But then there, there is also this like dark side, like you were saying, this, um, this just space where people feel like they, I don't know, they need to like come at other people or, or, you know, you know, judge label and, and deliver a verdict on things that they disagree with um, rather than just kind of, you know, letting it go. Um, it it kind of makes me wonder too, like what, what things were like, you know, like before all this, before everybody was, could put your opinions out there, right. Where people just unaware of, you know, what other, that, that, that there's billions of people on the planet and everyone can feel however they feel. And it could be different from your opinion or are they just ignoring that? Or did they just have no idea that there was all these other, um, ideas and thought forms outside of what, what they know? You know what I mean? Like, what what was that like? Um, how the fuck well, it's, that's the thing. It's <laughs> a, the judgmental mind is built around separation. If you're lost in the judgmental mind, that judgment is to separate you from the person that's being judged. So there's me and there's the person being judged and it's the ego thing. And the solution to that is just let all the judgments be. I I bring this up on the show. It's like, imagine the judgmental, imagine you're scrolling down social media and you're going, and first of all, do it a little slower. Breathe with it. Don't just do it like, wow, wow, what's the next hit? The next, I mean, anticipation, prolonging past, anticipation, prolonging past, appearance. Just slow down a little bit and just start to watch your mind like your mind's sitting there and there's Judge Judy. And Judge Judy's a television show, if you don't know. But anyway, Judge Judy's sitting there, and she has her gavel. And every time you have the thought, that's a nice post, that's the banging of the gavel. Or that's not nice, that person's racist. Banging of the gavel. Or that's, that's, that sucks, I can't believe there was a fire in Minnesota. Banging of gavel. It's just like, it would just bang constantly. It would, that's the mind's reactions. They can be good. It can be like, that flower is pretty. That's still the banging of the gavel. Bang, bang, bang. And just sit there, let her bang away, let her bang away like she's hopped up on so much meth, like she's on so much meth, like it's amazing she's still alive. And she's just banging away, banging away. She hasn't slept in like seven days. She's like totally foaming at the mouth. <laughs> and like, and she's like, she's like sitting in like a, a, a apartment with no furniture, just sitting there with one phone plugged into the wall, you know. 
Anyway, so the point is you just let all that happen. And what you notice is as you watch it and just allow Judge Judy to do her thing, all of a sudden it starts to lessen the judgments, the intensity of it. You start to see that you are not your judgmental mind, that you are, in fact, this loving awareness. And you love Judge Judy. You love her immensely. She could flip. And then all of a sudden it's like Judge Judy transforms. You let her go. You turn the mind into a servant and it's totally transformed simply by this letting it be and watching it. And, uh, you know, I, I will I will even in my own personal practice see Judge Judy in my head. Now, people, I I do. Maybe it has some Freudian thing because I'm attracted to her. But whatever. <laughs> we all Dr. are. It's not just you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, you know, what do you think about that, Willie? Yeah, no, that 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 brings up. A, I think that's like the most human, um, you know, ha- habit I guess that we have, uh, from a psychological standpoint, right? Like whatever we have presented to us, whatever the stimuli is, like we feel almost an anxiety that prompting us to, oh, I have to put this in a category. Like, where does this fit? in the library that I've created, you know, what section does this go in, you know, and it's all for you. Like it's, you're making it, you know, fit your, your reality, which is just this thing that you've already created. And like, you're putting this weird pressure on yourself to to categorize everything. It's just this weird game that we play as people. Um, And I, I mean, I've, I've done some work to get past it to an extent, but I don't know if it's something that I'll ever fully be able to do, you know, to not um, immediately because it's almost like a subconscious thing. You know, something's presented it to me and I just have to like, well, where does this fit into my world? You know what I mean? Rather than just being able to fully say like, oh, this is this and it just is, you know, whatever it is. Like it's really difficult, I think, to to just kind of put those glasses on and see the world for what it really is. You know, things are just being what they are, you know, um, but that's to, to a really good there. point. Yeah. You know, a good example of that is, you know, say you look at a person from this certain perspective of what you're talking about, your categories, your own reality, the ego, the mindset, the models of mind, the desire system, the attractions and aversions and attachments. And from that perspective, say you look at a person, what do you notice? What attracts you about that person? Say they say something that you're attracted to. Say something sexually excites you. Something disgusts you. They ate a dog alive. They took a poor, helpless dog and just ate it without even cooking it or killing it. They just ate it. (laughs) And then you're sitting there judging a person on top of that. And then, you know, you're so... the, the, The thing is about that, the desire... You're not seeing the person. What the person is, is they're seeing what they desire. They're seeing their own reality. They're they're only seeing what attracts, what averts, what desire, what they're pushing away, what they're clinging to. That's not the person. That's them. That's their ego. So what that is, is that that's a whole universe. Desire creates the universe. That desire, like if you're walking down the street, that's another example, and you're hungry. What do you notice restaurants? There's all this other stuff going on, but yet you notice the restaurant. And this person, they have all kinds of interest intricacies, but you're only seeing your own mind. So it's like Trump is a great example. He goes, he he's totally in that. 
and he's looking around and he's seeing the echoes of his own mind. He's not even getting that there's any other beings here. Now, what you notice is as you pull away from that and you go in and you go beyond what attracts you, beyond what your aversions from, beyond what your desires, beyond the separation, and you go into where you just are, you're a being, then you see that in that other being, they are just a being in a different package. And the package is just a package. It every It's the same being. And then there's one being with this package and another being with that package. And they're the same being which they're manifesting as the many. The one manifests as the many. And from that perspective, you love everyone. You understand it's all the self. And we're all in these different packages, whether it's a cricket package or the package of, uh, you know, um, bread or a tree or stuffed animal. Like it's all that being is in all of it. But you can't. That that's the thing is that, you know, maybe there's someone out there, Willie, that's listening right now because it's all happening now. So even though we're recording this, this is being listened to now. It's all happening now. And they're listening, and they're really listening. And this whole podcast, they've been sitting there, and I like this. I don't like this. This is nice. I like when he said that. That was funny. They're not even hearing the podcast. All they're hearing is their own ego. So what does this person do? They're starting to realize there's something to all this, and they haven't even been seeing reality. They've just been in their own ego projections onto reality. What do they do now that they see? That something more to life. And they've been listening to all these podcasts and meditating for years, and they're finally seeing through it. What do they do now? Yeah, I think awareness is the first the first step here. I mean, you cultivate a practice where you just try to catch yourself doing that stuff. You know, you, you, you're just trying to be aware, like, all right, well, what what feelings am I having? You know, like, what are my, what's my knee-jerk reaction to whatever's going on? Or at least this, this is how it has worked for me where I'm trying to observe more, uh, you know, what's my mind doing? Like what categories am I trying to fit things into? And then it, when I catch myself doing it, try to look at a little deeper, you know, why, why am I, why do, why did I need to decide, you know, where, where this goes, right? Why did I, I feel the need to, um, to, to. And why did you wherever? eat that poor dog? Why? <laughs> yeah. you, this is actually a story about Willie. So I'll yeah. give you his address after the show. <laughs> that, no, that was um, a great example. I feel like that that because immediately, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure that a lot of the whoever's listening to this is going to feel the same way. Immediately, when when you're telling that story, I have to put it in a box. Like, oh, what a horrific, what a horrific thing that this person's doing, eating eating a dog live. And then it has me thinking, like, <laughs> can you could all right, you know, I know what we're doing here with this podcast and we're, and we're, we're trying to, to reinforce the message that we're all one. And then there's this like conversation going on in my head. Like, you know, part of me being a human, I think for my, there's a tendency like where I have to judge that as horrific and I have to condemn that person and I can't show them the slightest bit of compassion or else I'm a shitty person, right? Because of what they're doing is so horrific. Well, like, I'm going to stop you right there because yeah, uh, yeah. we are reaching, we are reaching the end of the show, and what you bring up is a whole topic for a whole nother show, righteousness. <laughs> you know, the stickiness right. of righteousness. It's one of the trickiest uh, uh, fetters or whatever you want to call it 
anyway, so we are reaching the end of the show. And uh, how about you uh, talk about your book now? You have this book available on Amazon, Spiritual as Fuck. Yep, Spiritual as Fuck. Yep, you have to, if you're, if you're searching on Amazon, F asterisk CK. Sell out. Um, yeah, you, why don't you put the U, man? You're a sellout. Yeah, I, I definitely am a sellout, even just being on Amazon in general. But um, hopefully, <laughs> I was just kidding, by the way. You're not try, I'm try, trying, to, trying to sell enough copies so that I can get a ride with Uncle Bezos on the. So you're uh, worse than a sellout. You're a wannabe sellout. A wanna, yes, yes. Oh, you're, damn, you're exactly girl. Right. Damn. Exactly he did right. not yeah. say that, girl. <laughs> anyway, it's on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles. Um, you know, check it out and, uh, I hope you like it. Leave a review if you can. It helps a lot for us, uh, you know, budding authors, um, it helps us get, get it out there and, and play to the algorithms, the old judge Judy of Amazon and, and keep them happy. So they're banging the gavel that I get more views. All right. Thank you for doing the show, Willie. And now everyone just let go of the whole show. Don't prolong the past. Don't anticipate the future. Don't fear appearances, the appearance that is occurring in the, the what Willie called your own reality. Don't fear that. You don't have to fear it. You don't have to anticipate the future. You don't have to prolong the past right now. Begin again and just rest in your natural being where you just let it all be. It's okay. It's all okay. Daddy's here. He'll give you a spanking later, a happy little spanking. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. I'll see you everywhere as everything and everyone. It's all one. You can rest in the cosmic joke forever, cracker, forever.